Finding the right person for the right role is never easy. But when organizations have clearly defined interview processes, hiring managers can make better decisions that land better candidates. In this episode of HR Party of One, we'll cover what you need to know to conduct great in-person interviews. And I encourage you to stick around until the very end of this episode because you'll learn how HR professionals can perfect the art of training your hiring managers to conduct the best face-to-face -face interviews and land the best candidates. Today we'll discuss when employers should conduct face-to-face -face interviews, how hiring managers should prepare for face-to-face -face interviews, how hiring managers should conduct face-to-face -face interviews, common red and green flags to consider during the interview, and how and where HR can codify interviewing best practices. Let's get into it. For most organizations, the face-to-face -face interview is the final stage of the hiring process. In episode 80, we covered how you can conduct phone interviews, which I've linked in the episode description. And I recommend you watch it first before you go any further. While only the best candidates make it to the in-person stage, it's crucial to make the most of the experience by paying equal attention to red and green flags during the interview. We'll cover these a bit later. Likewise, your hiring managers need to be ready to reject a candidate that they've liked up until the interview if the fact speaks against them. As I mentioned in episode 80, this can be a tough, tough decision. But software developer and blogger Joel Spolsky points out in a post that it is much better to reject a good candidate than to accept a bad candidate. A bad candidate will cost a lot of money and effort and waste other people's time. You don't wanna hire a bad candidate. Nobody does. So let's talk about how you can avoid that by conducting great face-to-face -face interviews. Your managers will need to bring four different things into every interview. They include, number one, the candidate's resume. This one's pretty self-explanatory, but during the interview, you'll want to review the resume in real time. Number two, personality evaluations. During Bernie Portal's interview process, we have all candidates fill out DISC profiles once they've passed the first phone interview. This personality evaluation indicates how they work with others, how they approach their own work, and more. We like to have our hiring managers bring their own DISC profiles into interviews as well. This gives both parties an opportunity to review together, find similarities and differences, and more. While we'll discuss this more in a second, I've included a link to the episode description to the DISC Profiles website, which should help you learn more about the system. Number three, written responses. Depending on the role, you may want applicants to respond to various prompts that indicate how they'd respond to certain work-related situations. The face-to-face -face interview presents an excellent opportunity to review these answers together. For example, one question we like to ask is how a candidate faced a challenge in a previous role. This demonstrates their problem-solving abilities and serves as a great jumping-off point for the discussion. And four, other role or skill set related testing resources. You might want to test the applicant's abilities relevant to the open position. For example, when we're looking for new developers, we have applicants submit a code assessment. This skills tests giving the hiring manager a better idea of the candidate's abilities and if they're a good fit for the role. Now that we've laid the groundwork for the interview, let's actually talk about how you can conduct face-to-face -face interviews. We break each into eight different parts, which we'll discuss right now. Number one, the icebreaker. Remember that the candidates, especially the best ones, are looking at a few potential employers, so the selection process goes both ways. Make the best impression on the candidate by making sure the room for the interview is fully set up and take steps to make the whole office look appealing. 
Also, it never hurts to ask them if they want coffee or water. Start with small talk. Ask them what brought them to town or what they do for fun. Let them talk about themselves for about five minutes and show genuine interest. This facilitates a relaxed, congenial atmosphere. Number two, the first question. To get a dialogue started, ask the candidate about their understanding of the job for which they're interviewing. For example, say something like, to get started, why don't you tell me what your understanding of the job is? We find that this serves as an excellent transition from small talk into the interview and opens up the conversation. One tip, during the portion of the interview and moving forward, make sure you watch your body language. Show interest in the candidate's response. Demonstrate to the interviewee that you care about their responses. We also recommend taking notes. Number three, the resume. Move on to their resume and ask them to do a general walkthrough starting with college and to continue with a synopsis of each job they've held thereafter. In this section, you are looking for insights into three aspects of the candidate's personality, whether they get things done, whether they have passion, and how they make decisions. To find out whether applicants get things done, ask questions like, what were some of your achievements at each job? And what are some mistakes you've made in past roles and how would you do things differently now? To find out whether applicants have passion, ask questions like, what were some of your favorite parts of each position you held? And what motivates you to do your job day in and day out? To find out how applicants make decisions, ask questions like, tell me about a situation where you face an unexpected challenge. How did you handle that? Number four, the written response. Move on to their written response. Ask the candidate to expand on them, especially on any points that could relate to the position for which they're interviewing. For example, ask something like, when you wrote that you referenced something in the written response, how did you decide on that course of action? This better illuminates how the candidate makes decisions and the passion they have for their work. Number five, the DISC profile. Move on to the DISC or personality evaluation. Ask them if there is anything that stands out to them as correct or incorrect. Since discussing these traits might come off as a little personal, it might be helpful to mention that even though there are no good or bad profiles, only that the candidate whose profiles are a poor fit for this role wouldn't be interviewed or move forward in the process. Once they've reviewed their own profile, move on to yours. Ask them if they see anything that might indicate problems working together or any characteristics that would help their working relationship. Number six, the Q&A. This section of the interview is pretty self-explanatory as well. Give the candidates time to process the information that they've just received and discussed. Number seven, skill-based test. If you choose to conduct skills-based tests, break for five or 10 minutes to allow the candidate to proceed with the tasks. And finally, number eight, reference request. If you haven't decided against the candidate by this point, ask for permission to do reference checks. Beyond asking for basic permission to do reference checks, ask the candidate to help by connecting you with two references. In this request, ask for permission to check references. Then ask if the employee has anyone who should be avoided during the reference check. Typically, this is a current boss or manager who's unaware that the candidate is applying for a different job. And that's it. Conducting face-to-face -face interviews seems simple, but it takes a lot of practice to get it right. Now, there are some red and green flags that you'd want to consider during a face-to-face -face interview, but most of them are situational. 
It's also not uncommon for a candidate to turn a typical red flag into a green flag and vice versa. An example would be a phone call to explain that they're stuck in traffic and will be late. Another example, while the ability to talk about yourself freely and coherently is generally a good sign, you don't want a candidate who dominates the conversation and turns each dialogue into a monologue. A few other common red flags include vague answers about why they left past jobs, which can be a cause of concern if they left on bad terms or are subject to litigation. The candidate only lists personal references, not professional, which can indicate that they don't have many positive professional relationships. A candidate doesn't share any mistakes and what they've learned from them, which can indicate that they don't see the value in lessons learned or realize that they've made any mistakes. The applicant seems to be lying and the items on their resume aren't true, which is pretty self-explanatory. Complaints about past employers, which can indicate they blame others for their failures or shortcomings. If a candidate doesn't ask any questions at all, which can indicate that they aren't particularly interested in the role or they weren't paying attention. On the other hand, a few common green flags include, the candidate asks intelligent questions about the role and the company, which shows that they're interested in the role and the industry. The conversation just flows between interviewer and interviewee, which means that they might be a good fit on the team. The candidate arrives prepared at the interview. For example, they've reviewed their DISC profile, which means they're serious about the opportunity. The candidate can keep up with you during the icebreaking portion of the interview, which again shows that they could be a good fit on your team. Now time for some homework. As I mentioned in our episode about phone interviews, HR can and should compile a manager manual to record the best practices we just covered. In case you missed it, a manager manual is a comprehensive handbook that codifies standards, best practices, and other logistics managers need to know in any given organization. Bernie Portal uses this approach to train our managers, and we think it'll make your life a lot easier too. Great manager manuals include instructions for interviewing job candidates, communication templates, and other need-to-know info that helps managers control the direction of in-person interviews. The best part about a manager manual is that they allow your management team to access the information at any time, which means HR will be fielding fewer questions throughout the day. First, you need to implement or update your manager manual to include the face-to-face -face interview process we discussed. Next, HR needs to serve as quality assurance. At Bernie Portal, we conduct regular training and role play sessions with our management team. These meetings help managers stay sharp and give them an opportunity to bounce ideas off of one another. Not only that, but HR, you can identify changes that might need to be made to your hiring and interview process. Think of yourself as a moderator. During this, role play the session. It's your job to empower hiring managers to be better in their roles. Key to that goal is conducting great face-to-face -face interviews. Once your team has that skill dialed in, you stand a better chance of landing the best candidates no matter the role. And remember, your job is as strategic as you make it. That's it for this episode. Remember to subscribe to our channel and join our HR Party of One group on LinkedIn.